Breaking news out of Strasbourg, France. The suspect in this week's Christmas market attack is now dead, taken down by authorities. Witnesses say they heard three to four gunshots and a police helicopter flying overhead. 29-year-old Sharif Shakat is believed to be the man behind the assault that killed three people and injured 13 earlier this week. He was on a terror watch list, but thousands of people are on those kind of watch lists in France. And, of course, it is next to impossible to be watching them all, all the time. Chris Sampson is my guest. He's a terror analyst and the author of this book, Hacking ISIS, How to Destroy the Cyber Jihad. He's coming to us today from Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Chris, thank you for taking the time for CTV. Thank you, Todd. What do you make Glad of this story now? We now know that he is dead. Uh, your read. Well, he fits the pattern we've seen out of uh, Western Europe with the other attackers like uh, the Koulibaly brother, uh, the uh, Koulibaly attack or the uh, the, uh, the various attackers that we've seen both in Belgium and France in the past where they have a criminal record, or as we sometimes call them, failed member of society pattern, and uh, decide to act out. The other question that I've got for you, if we can look bigger picture, and I mentioned mm -hmm. it at the very beginning, Chris, is the notion that this is a man who was known to law enforcement. He had a long mm -hmm. rap sheet. He was uh, certainly on their radar screen, and yet he was able to do this and kill three people and injure more than a dozen others. What's the takeaway? Well, with uh, approximately, from what I understand, there's about 20,000 people on that list. That makes it very hard when the, you look at the human power that is required to track all of these individuals to determine which ones get the priority. Uh, you have to look at motivation along with capability. So while the motive may be there, the actual capability of these people to attack may be limited in some areas. So the European powers are going to have to decide how they're going to supply the amount of labor in each area uh, to track people. Because not only did we have this happen in Strasbourg, but over the last several years, we've had these attacks in, in Paris. Uh, we've had them in you know, Nice. Uh, we had them in Belgium, uh, in Brussels. So where, where are you going to locate the uh, resources in order to track those individuals? 20,000 is, a, is a, a notable sum to be focused on. And in many of these uh, communities where these people are, these young men are coming from, um, you're not already going to have a uh, willingness to cooperate with law enforcement on the table anyway. It's a great point. And that number you're talking about, 20,000, is only in France, Chris. I mean, there's also the United Kingdom. Correct. There's Germany. There's Belgium. There's the Netherlands. I mean, you just Correct. keep adding and adding. You could be talking about 100,000 different people, uh, all told, on watch lists throughout Europe. And there have been attacks. There was one in Berlin, Germany, two years ago almost at a Christmas market. France, right. the U.K., continually targeted here. Your area of expertise is terrorism and also ISIS. What do we know about this man's wider links, possibly, to, to terror organizations like ISIS? Do we have any information? Well, my, my guess at this right now, with what little information is pouring out about his behavior, is that it's more of a prison radicalization uh, pattern where he went in jail. I mean, he's had 29, uh, I'm sorry, 27 arrests, and that's pretty significant for a man of just 29 years old. Uh, the authorities have said he was radicalized in prison, and I think that that's going to have much more of a play into, you know, what set him up for this activity, um, you know, two days ago. Now, ISIS has a pattern of being a bit of an opportunist organization in claiming 
that someone like this is one of theirs. And I have yet to see a claim of responsibility come out of ISIS on uh, this particular case. So I think that, you know, we have to look at really uh, on the ground who was he associated with. Law enforcement's already been uh, busting some of his associates in the last couple of days. Uh, they had a few of them in detention before they actually brought him down today. Uh, but, you know, you're going to have to reach out to the community. And, and let me make a broader point for a minute. You know, the, the anti-immigrant sentiment in Europe is strong in some, uh, some portions. And I think that we have to reverse course in that, and we have to start reaching out to these communities. So you build broader coalitions with the leaders and members of those societies, uh, because he's a, uh, you know, a, a person who was born in Strasbourg of Moroccan parents. And that means he's essentially a member of the community, you know, 29 years later. Um, if we isolate these communities, we basically create a fertile ground for radicalization. And the undermining of that radicalization will come by building bridges, creating dialogue and understanding. Chris Sampson joining us on the line from Fort Lauderdale. He's an analyst and an author. Great to have you today, Chris. Some really you, important Todd. points. Thank you. Always available to you, Todd. Thank you.